0: Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. If you had told me I would be setting more healthy boundaries with my closest loved ones, not doing something out of guilt, and comfortable asking for the sale or setting prices equal to my worth in my business after such a short time in this course, I certainly would have told you no way. However, I'm doing all of those things and much, much more unapologetically these days. While you're grabbing a pen and piece of paper, consider this. Just how many people are actually paid to learn? Yes, you heard me correctly. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. And by the time I'm done with this course, I will have earned more than what I invested in this life-changing journey. You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And to get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. Now... It's time to dive in and let's get to work. And now, let's meet the rest of the team.
1: Hi, this is Marsha Sertino and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of
2: Tennessee. Have a blessed day.
3: And now, time for class. On page
2: 175, I drop a bombshell. What was that bombshell? It takes two to dance the manipulation tango.
4: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> it takes one to manipulate and the other to allow it. Mm-hmm. What else? Very true. What else? There are times when someone will say, oh, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for what you've done. And then I'm looking at them like, mm-hmm. Where are the Mm -hmm. strings attached to this? (laughs) No good deed goes unpunished. (laughs) What
1: What else popped out? Offering gratitude with no expectation of receiving anything back. No strings attached. Like hidden agendas or expectations. If you do that, is it really gratitude?
3: What happened when I linked or flavored, colored, Gratitude with manipulation. What happened inside your gut when you read those words?
2: I wondered how many times that I've had that attached to gratitude. Not consciously have it attached, but subconsciously have expectations. Oh, I've done that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can see that.
4: When I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, Oh, oh thin lines in those gray areas, (laughs) it can turn into manipulation. What I started thinking about was, in general, good deeds. If I'm doing something in a good deed, clearly you feel like I'm making a deposit into my bank of good karma, if you will. Yeah, you're doing something nice. I just really feel like it depends on how you end up, your intention behind it and how you end up what actions you end up taking. Then you have to question, is anything ever altruistic? That's a classic. Or was I going too deep with that thought process?
3: No, no, you're getting into the core of stuff here. That is a classic. Let me reframe this concept. You felt taken advantage of. You felt crappy that you put out what you put out and got back so little. You did something with the best intentions, and it came back and kicked in the ass.
1: (sighs) I have felt that way a few times with my volunteer work. (laughs) I mean, I hate to say that, but there are times when Uh I just felt, I know that the work will get done, whether somebody has to find somebody from the outside to actually help, But they had a tendency, it was always the same people doing all the work. And I was like, you know what, (laughs) this is getting ridiculous. When I say no, and then you're coming back to me and you're begging, I just don't like that because you're putting me in that situation where it's like you're trying to put a guilt trip on me, and I really felt used. And I allowed that. I did allow that to happen. So, yeah, it's not uncommon. It's, it's it's something that I had gone through, but I got really stronger with it. I'm not going to feel guilty about it because I know that when it comes to something that they're doing, it'll get done because they know more people than I do.
4: Well, it's interesting because I went back to that line where you were saying that it takes two to tango. Situations where I can quickly recall feeling like I was taken, I have had to go back and also say, you know, where was my role in that too? Yes, did I feel it taken advantage of? And yes, do I ultimately think that it was intentionally done? Yeah, but I also have to accept I put myself in that position, and I'm not beating myself up, but I put myself in that position because of other things. Maybe it was doubt, maybe it was worry. That obligation thing always has popped up like, oh, well, I guess I need, I have to do this or let me do this. When I read that line that it takes to the tangle, I'm like, yeah, I agree with that.
2: I think about when my mom had her heart surgery and then she was in ICUs and acute ICUs and rehab for like three months. But my youngest brother lived with her before she got sick. So naturally, he didn't half work. I would give him money so mom wouldn't worry. But, oh, yeah, he would definitely take advantage of that. And I know that I did a lot of things in my life to try to make my mom happier for her not to worry. And I allowed all of that. When she died, and I, I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that anymore. A lot of people were like, what? You're not giving me any more money? My brother will call, sometimes even now, and say, you know, i got this bad heart. I need my medicine. And I'm like, well, you probably should have bought that before you bought your drugs. I don't get guilt-tripped and stuff like that anymore at all. Woo-hoo. So you're beginning to
3: sense how a life lesson in being used as we allow gratitude to ripen that lesson, if another lesson like it comes onto the radar. There's in a way to be more grateful versus, oh, crap, not this again. (laughs) (laughs) Have you noticed gratitude is a constant reset to being more objective?
1: I can see that. Absolutely. I didn't realize that. I didn't notice that.
3: When I'm meshed velcroed into some other drama and trauma, when my ability to see clearly, feel feelings versus getting caught in my chaos committee's whirlwind of analytical diatribe, when I simply say to myself, wait a minute, I'm healthy, I'm happy, I have unlimited potential and resources should I choose to tap into them. Wow. What's my problem? <laughs> All of a sudden, that toxic soup of drama and traumas and strings and worries and doubts and fears and guilts and shames, gone.
2: One of the things that has amazed me about this journey with Pay Me What I'm is how the chaos committee and how I allow the chaos committee to rule my world. (laughs) I mean, this is something that needs to be taught to children as they're growing up so that they're not like me and they're 49, 50 years old and going, oh, no, I'm not doing that shit. Mm -mm, No, you can't make me feel guilty about that anymore because I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm not doing. And it's not feeding into your drama. I think that most people spend an entire life, such as I, living in that. Living in people making you feel guilty because you don't want to do something or people making you feel guilty because one of your siblings is, has less than you do. When it all comes down to they didn't want. My siblings didn't want more than what I had. And I can't do it for them. And I'm good with that. It's amazing.
3: Even more toxic about the chaos is how the chaos committee can turn myself on myself. Oh, yeah. I start cannibalizing, cannibalizing myself.
2: Mhm. It
3: will absolutely eat your soul if you allow it. How many traditions... If there's a lesson that comes down the pike and it comes down again, they go, well, the good Lord must have seen it fit to challenge me one more time with this lesson. Never hear that before?
4: Mm -hmm.
3: The whole crux of exercise 31, a lesson learned is wisdom earned. The whole crux of it is when I pivot anger, regret, annoyance, when I pivot from that energy, to gratitude when a lesson comes up that i thought i had learned i really did i thought i had checked it off the list i had done the work i feel good about the work everything is going along just peachy keen it's like that's water under the bridge time to move on bigger better things and then that damn lesson comes up again it's like oh, jesus what's up with this shit i ah! I love it. Well, no. (laughs) I've just scraped off enough crap from the other layer that I didn't even know that I hadn't even gotten to the root of the lesson yet. Is this ringing any bells?
1: Mm. (laughs) Well, all I can say is everything are. Just about everything that we have discussed in all the chapters, I honestly I'm going through some of this stuff now for myself. So I'm like, okay. I'll
4: say so that, yeah.
1: I think I'm finding more of a center where I just let it go.
4: I'm finding that things that we discussed earlier in the book like I'm having to go back to those recordings and listen to them again because it seems that what's going on in my life right now is certainly helping me understand the lesson a lot more. Yeah. Uh, Appreciate it a lot more. Around about the middle of our course that I started kind of spinning and like I was like spiraling around like, oh my gosh, this is way too much. And I I would have like a breakdown moment. Well, I'm in that phase now where I'm spinning again. I don't feel like breaking down, but I definitely feel like, wow, it's busy, really.
1: More and more about myself and what lessons I'm being taught in the book. And as I go through listening to the calls, the past calls, I'm like, I'm recognizing some things in myself at the same time that I'm recognizing that, whoa, oh, I think I'm going through this right now. <laughs> it does increase our awareness to so much more. This uh, pay me what I'm worth, definitely.
4: This whole gratitude thing has me realizing just in this moment that my, so far my inability to really get this in is probably my judgment coming out. Because I don't want to judge myself as a bad person. So now I'm going back to that question of morality and judgment. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I just wondering if I'm the only one that's feeling that way. <laughs>
1: I grew up with a lot of teaching of morality, and I failed at every single one of them, Christina. In my past, you should see my past, but you know what? I got through it all because I really worked and once I heard that we are beings that God created and that God is, I've always learned that God is unconditional love. So that act is always forever in motion. And once I learned that, once I had a grasp of the idea that unconditional love is always there and it's only us that stops us because we judge ourselves. Honestly, I don't see that our Creator judges us half as much as we judge ourselves. In fact, it's so funny because I had a situation one time where I had a spiritual awakening one day when I was ready to do something that I knew I shouldn't have done. I was going to do it anyway. But something stopped me, and I broke out in tears. And my mom always says, oh, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, right? She was telling me, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. So I broke out in tears, and that was the end of me ever doing something like that again. I have always cherished that moment. What I do remember is I sat there on the couch, and there was no feeling of somebody judging me. It was just a feeling of being surrounded by God's love. It was almost like I saw Jesus sitting there on the couch, and all he did was hug me and say, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I'll never forget that. That was the spiritual awakening for me. But he never said to me, do not do that again. He never said that to me.
3: Do you see why I added one more ground rule Regrets. Yes. Yeah. To have a regret, you need to write a hundred trillion dollar cashable check. Do you see why I suggested that in our last class?
1: Yes. Yeah. Mhm.
3: Very apropos, Marcia, that you were talking about how that which we are sourced from does not judge us. It's ourselves judging ourselves based on what we think versus feel. True. Or false?
4: True. True.
3: True. Has this lesson finally gotten across to you that thinking is something that can be done only when absolutely necessary?
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: when it comes to our sense of worth, is that sense rooted in the analyzer or
4: the explorer? The explorer. Well, it's been rooted in the analyzer and I'm working on it. Bing. <laughs> Transition exactly. to the <laughs> Exactly.
3: Bingo. Do you see the monumental shift from lack-based thinking to abundance-based living? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I take in every day everything that's being gifted to me, everything. As I just take a moment, 30 seconds, to realize that I'm not running for my life because some dictator is pointing a gun at my head. As I take a a moment to recognize when I flip on a light switch that literally hundreds of thousands of people's lives are actually in play to create the electricity that I enjoy at the flick of a light switch. When I take even 10 seconds To look outside and look at the beautiful nature that's in front of me, that's doing things like producing oxygen for me to breathe, for me to avoid gratitude or resist gratitude is pointless.
4: And perhaps you just hit the nail on the head, too. That's probably one of our most purest times of gratitude when we appreciate the smallest of things or what seems to be what we take for granted.
3: One of the most profound ways I learned to help a person who is freshly abused, I'm literally holding them in my arms because the ambulance hasn't arrived yet to take them to the hospital. after They have been physically beaten up, possibly stabbed. We've attended to the immediate medical parts of it. I asked for divine guidance, and I immediately asked, when is it appropriate for me to help this person see what they do have versus what they don't have? When should I help this person who is sobbing in my arms understand that the fact that they're still alive is something to be grateful for, to focus on that? It's a very fine line, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Society worships victims. True or false? True. Very true. In some ways it feeds the playing the victim. And it's predicated on a thing that we have been looking at all through our journey. In Western culture, we are drilled into our heads in most traditions. It is better to what than what. If then give
1: then receive. Then
3: receive. How has the last five chapters, starting with you get what you pay for, then we moved on to pricing the priceless, then we ventured into performance-based contracts, which led us into ethics and integrity. How have those last four journeys helped you give more without doubt, guilt, shame, and worry?
2: It's helped me stay open to listening to what I call my soul voice. And I know that when I do that, when I'm in that, that is a huge part of my sacred space. Huge. And I know I'm doing it without doubt, guilt, shame, or worry. It's a very special place to be.
3: So you're giving yourself, Chelsea, permission to listen more, yeah? hmm
2: Giving myself permission to listen more and act on, what my soul was just telling me to do without worry
3: we set the stage for this in chapter 6 by doing our load of mental laundry when was the last time you did a load of mental laundry when was the last time you took a look at oh poor me pity me or oh worship me voices or people when was the last time in this past few months you have recognized that maybe you got sucked into a drama and trauma because You started pitying somebody.
4: Well, let me just raise my hand. That's been a lifelong tendency, I suppose. That was a rude awakening for me last weekend. And I just decided, Christina, you've got to wake up and recognize that your hero, yet again, is out of control. And it makes you go try to save the day and be drawn into other people's crap. Takes its toll, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. And Chelsea, this is basically, I I didn't express it quite as clearly, but this is exactly the point that I've been trying to impress upon you when it comes to battles at work.
2: I was just thinking about those.
4: Absolutely.
2: The gratitude it's still,
4: we touched on it at the beginning, where literally I'm ruminating on this gratitude thing. I'm not really sure where I stand on it because I know that I do things with all intentions, I, and I feel real gratitude. But then I read this chapter, and I'll start thinking, well, heck, doing something truly from your heart, and, but also understanding that in turn, likely you'll have good fortune, I just should stop judging. I literally, that doesn't diminish, in fact, the good that you did, right? You're putting yourself into a loop. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get me out of the loop, Cole.
3: <laughs> Let go of the outcome. Ah, Let, there you have it. So, your altruism question, Christina, let's look at that. Why does it matter?
4: Oh, well, in mean, the end, it really does. The source of that, Cole, so, that you put the mirror up, is all about me so, not wanting someone else to perceive. otherwise.
3: And since you have no control of how that person thinks or feels, true or false? True. Regardless of how they perceive what you do, you have no control over. Is the controller creeping back into the picture?
4: (laughs) I think when I displaced it uh, and told it to go on an indefinite leave, it decided to Create a new job somewhere else. (laughs) It did. It did. Sure did. You're very wise
3: in seeing that. Very wise. And I'm going to warn you all right now, with this being ten classes left to go, this is our 40-second call. We only have nine classes left. Heads up. Your controller, your perfectionist, your critic... All of those chaos committee members are going, okay, they're going to be done in nine weeks. They're going to be done in eight weeks. They're going to be done in seven weeks. Oh, we're going to get let out of the box in just a few weeks. Yes! (laughs) Watch out for them. They're waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Thus, exercise 31. Take it to heart, the best way to short circuit that chaos committee permanently is to be grateful for them. They can't stand that. You're not supposed to be grateful for the critic, the perfectionist, <laughs> the judge. That doesn't make any damn sense. <clears throat> right?
4: Right. Sure. right.
3: <laughs> when someone is seething at you, when someone's very angry, they're trying to rip you a new one and you just simply genuinely, not mind-fucking-thing, I'm meaning genuinely, when you're genuinely at peace and you generally just smile back to them and you're calm, you're not getting Velcroed into their drama and trauma, what normally happens the first time around?
2: They're usually shocked that you're not fighting back.
3: Yeah. They're expecting you to react, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And they're expecting you to react in a way that mirrors back what they're experiencing, right? Right. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And when your reaction is not equal to their expectation, does the volume usually get turned up?
2: <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> when you're being attacked by someone verbally say like it worked. It's important to stop and truly listen to what they're saying because they're not really attacking you. It's them. Mm-hmm. And looking at that situation in a reverse, you're less likely to react angrily. Let me own this. I'm less likely to act angrily. Hmm.
4: It's a, it's a question of reinstating a level of humanity into the chaos. Mm-hmm. And then that helps you have more of a gracious state, posture. And inevitably, it'll be just like a little kid throwing a fit because they're fighting a nap. They'll tire out. <laughs> the more you feed it, the more it grows, just like a tornado. That's all. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. The lesson I've learned, ladies and
4: gentlemen, is
3: very well put in another fine teacher, Don Miguel Ruiz, wrote a book, The Four Agreements. This is one of the few references and resources that I regularly suggest to people. And one of the agreements, never take it personal. Never. Period. It sounds simple, doesn't it? (laughs) It sounds really simple.
2: (laughs) When I I was going through that, I was like, McGill's lost his (laughs) mind. Yeah, it's not simple, that's for sure.
3: The lesson I learned by never, ever taking it personal gives me the wisdom that when someone's trying to rip me a new one, what they're doing is they're actually revealing to me what's wrong with them I'm simply the mirror and when I mirror back to them in a peaceful compassionate way it diffuses the energy doesn't it
2: Mhm
3: Mhm Mhm But if there's a shred of my ego involved if there's even one member of my chaos committee who thinks they have a voice I haven't learned that lesson yet so we'll wrap up with this notion gratitude is one of the most powerful vaccines to fear that I know gratitude is the most powerful vaccine against fear or hatred that I know anybody want to extrapolate
2: on that Me being grateful for my childhood trauma really cancels out the fear and the pain.
3: mm -hmm. Excellent example. It allowed you to release the pain versus cancel. Something canceled may want to come back, right? Yes, release. Have you canceled it or released it,
2: Chelsea? I have released it. There you go. I am grateful for... My entire life, the good, the bad, the ugly, because it's made me who I am.
3: And that initial step of gratitude then allowed you to release something else significant in our journey. What was that? One of the primary issues that you started our journey with was the dark space created by the passing of your mother. Yeah?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pay me what I'm worth has truly. Help me release that dark space.
3: You have released that dark space. Not pay me what I'm worth.
2: It's helped me along the way.
3: <laughs> Might have been a PIN code, but you had to accept that PIN code. True?
2: True. Very true.
3: I'm belaboring this point because, Chelsea, while it's delightful to hear those words, should the time come, Let's just, for grins and giggles, throw it out there that you know some prominent so-and-so thinks pay me what I'm worth is Satan's sperm.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> if people discredit pay me what I'm worth, is it going to discredit you and what you've done? No Bingo.
2: I have freed myself of so many dark spaces during this journey. So many.
3: And that's independent of what anybody else thinks or says, yeah?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: I'm asking you to touch part of one of gratitude's sparkles, if you think of gratitude as being this beautiful diamond and the diamond being struck by some extraordinary sunlight, and the diamond is just glistening. One of the sparkles of gratitude for me is resolve molecular level resolve. I am mm-hmm. resolved to something. And mm-hmm. I sense from you, you are resolved in the rewiring that's happening, yeah? Absolutely. I'm free. Christina, how have you seen that resolve in play? What have you noticed?
4: I've really noticed it a lot when things that her family did before her mother's passing to control and manipulate. I've definitely seen how Chelsea has stood her boundaries with not being manipulated. And at first, you could see she was doing it out of making the decision, they're not going to do this to me again and Darn it, I've got to try. Now, it definitely appears to be a second nature. There's no blink of an eye. There's no, no hesitation. Literally, there are times that she's like, I'm not dealing with that shit. That's crazy. <laughs> and she walks away, and, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> like There's been a time or two that I've been like, are you sure you don't want to, <laughs> you know, maybe call? No. <laughs>
2: Who is
4: this person?
2: You look like Shelfa, her.
4: who the hell is that person? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, I've been a couple of times that I would have picked up the phone and she's just like, nope, and gone out of her business. And I'm like, love it. I love it. But I, I've also seen it more and more just in general doing a lot less things out of feeling obligated to do because of doubt or, or guilt or anything just in, in every area of her life. Well, let
3: me flip the tables. Chelsea, would you say that something similar is true in what you've witnessed in Christina?
2: Oh, my goodness, yes. Christina's had many struggles with her family, and I have watched her grow and deal with the family situations better without the guilt and the doubt and the shame and the worry, and especially with her mom. with It's amazing to watch her with her mom now than when it first started. Christina has grown in leaps and bounds and how she deals with her work how she balances out her marketing business and work and sleep (laughs) and she's doing a great job just wonderful
3: Christina any rebuttals
4: (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much I appreciate it I appreciate that a lot I say there are times that I definitely call off the wagon (laughs) For the most part, I have to say that I I feel like I am growing for sure. And that blog post that I wrote yesterday was indicative of that next step that I'm taking in my installation of the new wiring. So I guess we'll see. I guess I'll give a status update as that goes along. I needed this class today, though. Uh, More than – I can't even put in the words. I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, yeah. I've been trying to do too much canceling out things. Mhm. I guess the reaction because I've been so overwhelmed by the pain of it and the fear of of some things that I just don't think that I was able to deal with them at the time. So I've done some rewiring. I've freed up some space. I'm able to deal with it now, and uh, we'll see. I know that it, i know that I'm going to be okay. I'm ready to face it. and I'm ready to do what I need to do with it. Yum!
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had the pleasure of knowing Marsha through the connection of you, Christina. Christina, do you sense a different type of resolve in Marsha from the beginning of our
4: journey? Heck yeah. Marsha... You were talking at the the beginning of the class, and I was like, I don't recall her ever doing so much talking on any of our calls. I love this. I really do love the fact that you are establishing your voice and that you're not just finding your voice but holding it to yourself, that you're finding your voice and you're letting it be heard where it needs to be heard. But you're doing
1: it with love and everything, and I just love it. Thank you, Christina. I do appreciate hearing that from you because I think my voice was always there. It was just dying to find a way to get out.
4: (laughs) Well, the cub is roaring now, girl.
3: (laughs) One of the things I recall, Marcia, at the beginning of our journey, is you were seeking something to let you become you. Uh Do I recall that correctly?
1: Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. And well, through this journey, I'm finding it. <laughs> I'm finding me again. So that it's been incredible. Yes.
3: Go As ahead. I listen to some of the original shows, I really I hope you go out to folks listening. You can go out to bit.ly forward slash pay radio, and you can start at the very beginning of Team Clarity's journey. I hope all of you, Team Clarity, go back and sample some of the original shows and sit back because uh, there's been more than one occasion where I've. know, Chelsea. I know you've listened to a show or two, and I know you go to yourself, How could I have been so blind? <laughs>
4: <laughs> that
2: is so true. <laughs> How stupid am I? <laughs>
3: Anybody else experienced that when you've listened to earlier classes?
2: Can I
4: just say that my early, when I listened to earlier classes, I, it's just so evident to me that I was so unconscious and unaware of every moment that I was in.
3: Wow. Now you put me back into a reflection when I turned forty. When I turned forty, I remember going into a re- Vipassana and into a deep retreat and thinking back and it struck me how much of an arrogant asshole I had been most of my life. It really shocked me. I was in wreathing pain and tears, allowing myself to see how much my ego had allowed me to be so arrogant and so mean and so this and that, all in the name of love. I thought I was doing it out of love. I thought everything I was doing was very loving and very caring. And when it dawned on me that what I was doing was being a controlling, manipulative jerk, I thought to myself, I'm turning 40. And if I'm having this aha moment at 40, what the hell's going to happen when I turn 50? Well, five years ago I turned 50. And I'm very delighted to report back to say that as I reflect back on that 10-year time span, I've allowed the lessons that I've learned to just cascade over me. I've learned, even though I've talked more on this class than usual, I've learned to keep my mouth shut more. I've learned to look into my own mirror and go, hmm, what up with that?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
3: So as you get into the next exercise, as you get into looking at beginning to wrap up exercise 32, it seems redundant. I'm going to ask you to repeat what looks like exercise 31 was. Any ideas why I'm asking you to repeat the difference between thanks and gratitude at this step?
2: You see different things every time you revisit it.
3: Mm-hmm. Is it accurate to say your depth? of awareness around the difference between being thankful and grateful has deepened?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah.
3: Good. All right. Ahas, cuss words?
4: Comments, cuss words. You got the question. cuss words? <laughs> I think my biggest aha was releasing the outcome. That's been one of those things that I've been certainly working on in my business. But uh, as usual, all lessons should be applied across the board. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but let, definitely letting go of the outcome and stop trying to cancel out is probably my two biggest ahas.
3: Woo-hoo. <laughs> Christina's <laughs> becoming more like a river. She's just letting it flow. <laughs>
4: Isn't that crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) It's just more fun that way. I'm telling you. (laughs) It just is so much more peaceful. When I'm aware of myself and I'm in gratitude because it keeps me, my inner peace going. It keeps me stable.
3: (laughs) Well, on top of that, Marcia, that gratitude when you've stepped on live wires, when you've stepped on some memories that have just gone... like, When you come across those moments when pieces come out of your deep, dark past, instead of throwing you against the wall and knocking the wind out of you, is it fair to say that gratitude is giving you that gift of perspective to say, wow, yeah, what about that?
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: (sighs) My job
0: is done. (laughs) thank you for listening any personal ah ahas of your own as one of many pay me what i'm worth team captains it's my role to help you get serious about removing blocks to your success as well as live a more stress-free confident life wonder if this course is for you if you are a serious action taker committed to playing big in life and being your best you i look forward to seeing you in my next class call me at area code 423-737-5809 again that's 423-737-5809 to talk about your next steps before you go let's continue this discussion in the comment box below you can always help other people have breakthrough moments when you share this show across your social media. I look forward to speaking with you. You're listening to Christina Ervin, one of the many team captains for Pay Radio. Definitely radio worth listening to. Have a great day.
3: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
0: Like, are you a fist pumper?